0: hey i'm michael and this is michael in the middle it's an intergenerational relational podcast for people who are interested in better human interaction i'm glad you're here oh boy it is a beautiful day here on the back deck in uh, old hickory tennessee where sarah and i live uh, the sun's coming up over the horizon. There's a song lyric for about is everything. Eggs I think. on the griddle? <laughs> <laughs> this is Ron Zero Jackson, Dr. Ronald Jackson, professor, uh, best friend, dear brother, friend to many. Um that that's that's my friend ron over there on the other side we're yeah. doing a part two buddy how about that it kind of fun you know you yeah. were um you michael were in the middle. Michael yeah michael in the middle episode yeah. two as i yeah. recall i mean it, it, i think yeah. i think it was the second episode yeah. um and i was just getting into it and we uh we were able to sit on your your uh we patio by the pool yeah yeah and uh our our friend Rob came over with nice cameras and shot it in 4k. And, and, um, I I thought, man, I, I, this is what I want, you know, for every episode because the previous, uh, my, my inaugural episode, Rob Walls came over with a two camera setup and it was, it was amazing. Uh, reality,
1: the cicadas were going too.
0: Oh yeah. They, they were, they were in full voice. Uh, no doubt about that. Um, got, uh,
1: or if you're from the, South Alabama, the locust we always called those locusts when we were kids i don't know why <laughs> something to do with the plagues or something i think yeah
0: so. <laughs> yeah so um a little over a year later you and i are having a conversation again this time i'm on the deck behind my house and you're in your office at uh, mid-american nazarene university and and a lo- uh, lovely
1: ceiling tile in the yes
0: in the- well i mean <laughs> uh they serve their purpose wrong yes they do <laughs> don't 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 despise the gift of- no no
1: no uh one of them came loose and all the cold air from upstairs just came right down on top of me. <laughs> i was like okay these do serve a kind of a nice function they kept the squirrel out too that was in there last
0: year so so i i'm gonna show here at the outset some pictures of, of, uh, you know, that extend back to, uh, when, when we first met and oh, uh, please. <laughs> these pictures are from, uh, Hair. <laughs> the, the the 1980 and then 1981 Trevecca Nazarene university yearbooks, the Darda D A R D A. Everybody yeah. says, what's a Darda. And all I know to say is it's a yearbook at Trevecca. I'm yes. sure. I I'm sure there's a, a broader true. meaning of the word. Yeah,
1: there is. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah.
0: I just, I don't think I ever knew it, but, uh, at any rate, uh, you went to the university of Alabama in Tuscaloosa after attending community college, uh, I, and, and you're from LA or right. lower Alabama as they, as they say back home. Right.
1: Yes. They, as they say, yes. <laughs> uh, Cause there ain't nothing down there you can identify with South of Montgomery. It's just all lower Alabama, unless you get over towards Mobile. So. <laughs> there's
0: uh there's, there's nothing wrong with that. My, uh, no, 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 my, my wife and I, uh, you, well, you know, Sarah, I don't have to refer to her as my wife. Uh, <laughs> Sarah and I, Sarah and I went to a ministry retreat in Orange beach, Alabama last week. And, um, we we took the road less traveled through Flomaton and mm. and on down and saw the sign for you know you, you turn this way to go to Bruton or you turn this way to to go through Flomaton on the yeah. way down to uh, now yeah
1: I'm from I, East Bruton that's even tinier. <laughs> It's a suburb of Bruton, <laughs> if Bruton has suburbs, okay. uh, All the Jacksons are either from North Bruton or East Bruton, and don't ask me why. East Bruton's at least a town. North Bruton's just a, a place. <laughs> and, uh, uh, and when folks ask where I'm from, I'm between Clomaton, Andalusia, and Op, and they go, well, that don't help. <laughs>
0: you, I I think you may know this, but Sarah's Sarah's father came from, from Antioch, which is just outside of Andalusia. Yeah. Yeah,
1: you know? and uh, we, we so we talk about that
0: often. So yeah, yeah. Roots, roots run down deep. Um, it you know, and it, it's not just in the South where people talk about their family roots and all of that, but um, you you go off to Tuscaloosa and get a four year degree and remind me now was was it history? History. Yep. And that was because you thought you might teach or
1: i wanted no i didn't mean, maybe uh I, all i wanted to do is get a degree i uh i thought i might go back and teach i didn't know you had to have an education degree i just thought i'll get me a history degree and pull up to ws neil high school and tell them here's my degree. Can i teach history and uh, uh and they said well did you take any education classes <laughs> no no i just took history. okay that's what you needed to do uh but i was also uh uh thinking about law school um and didn't didn't check enough uh first first generation first person in my, i had an aunt go to medical school uh that was a that was a nurse and uh but that was it in our family i'm the first one to ever get a four-year degree from a you know from a liberal arts university right. and and all i wanted to do uh was go to college and then figure out later but i was gonna go to law school I had to do it awesome. all over and I'd have done English because English is a much better major if you're going to go to law school. Cause it's all about the language. I thought you had to understand how to argue the past. Yeah. So
0: anyway, and so, I love, so. but, but didn't you, didn't you do some acting as
1: well? Yeah, I, I was a double major. I was history and then I had a second major in speech communication and theater. And so I, I'd, I'd gotten in a, in a, in a show. Uh, My junior year, I was only there two years and got cast in a show, French absurdist theater, Ubu Wah. And uh, (laughs) I played 17 characters, kind of a Robin Williams thing before there was Robin Williams. I played five and six at a time on stage uh, and voiced them all. They put this pith helmet on me with two. um, That's amazing. Things going out, and they had cardboard cutouts hanging on them. And each one of those people, sometimes I had three, a couple of times I had six, and uh, <laughs> uh, I uh, um, I would I would talk, and they would and all these people were getting executed, <laughs> and all they would do was cut them off the thing and take them up and throw them in this in this hole. And they eventually threw me in the hole, and then I would come back as a as another one, and that was my. And then we we were, we all had bit parts after that, but I had a byline. In the Crimson and White. That's the campus newspaper.
0: Oh, that's a, uh,
1: and that's I still so have cool. that copy. So uh, I, all I remember about it was the guy said I did whatever I did with Verve. <laughs> and, uh, okay, good. I used some Verve. <laughs> so I was excitable.
0: So you finish your degree at Alabama. You have a call to ministry. And, and you end up at this place in Nashville that you didn't really know a lot about. And, and, no. and you get up there. And it looks like you just got into everything because as an actor, you found out about a, a play called A Connecticut Yankee in King Arthur's Court. And I have visual evidence.
1: It, <laughs> Hank, you know, I got the lead, which I couldn't believe. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh,
0: and you ended up working with some amazing people in that show, actually. Oh, yeah. Including of- doc, Dr. Lena Hege, I welch, who's yep. still yep. teaching at Tribeca. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Which was it. But,
0: incredible. uh, so Credit. there you are. There you are as an actor. It looked like, it looked like you are really striving for affirmation because you were in every club possible. It it, it <laughs> appears to me.
1: <laughs> President of the Ministerial Association, though, please. Yeah. And so uh, uh, you,
0: uh, you you were even a part of the Young Republicans. I don't know if you would be a part of the Old Republicans now, but no, no none,
1: I'm unaffiliated. Thank you very much. And, and, and tell <laughs> me about all those buttons. Oh, yeah. Well, I've still got all those buttons. I loved uh, uh, collecting political buttons. It just was kind of fun. And, uh, you know, the Deep South uh, Republicans were everybody in my I knew one Republican. It was my uh, or two. It was my Uncle Byron and Ain't Hazel. They were the only two. <laughs> they would sit at the Republican primary and no one would vote. Yeah, <laughs> but they were there. And uh, when you won the Democratic primary in the Escambia County back in the 60s, you'd won the election because uh, it, w- it was over at that point. There was a Republican candidate, but that was a joke. And uh, so I just oh, I had George Wallace buttons. I have my my most prized is a is a Nixon now. And uh, I, they're probably not worth anything. But I uh, a- remember Anderson uh, when he ran as an independent John Anderson. I've got a John Anderson button. And uh, uh, we got a bunch of Reagan stuff because uh, that's really when we were coming into it. That was the. That's that fantastic. The we were doing it, so it's just kind of fun. Uh, you, history and politics kind of went together for a while, um, and I love that connection between it. Yeah, and I enjoy politics now. It's just so divisive. It's just it's no fun anymore. Everybody's hateful. yeah. Just don't be so. So
0: the next picture here, oh, you God. know, to to kind of sort of, I, I, I guess redeem it all you were also a part of the christian ministry
1: association yes that's right so, yeah uh, uh tau mu alpha we changed it we we just put greek okay. for true right. association and we made tau mu alpha shirts Yeah, <laughs> and then yeah, i that- didn't know that you're supposed to do spiritual things uh we we had movie nights and <laughs> I, we <laughs> sponsored brian's song one time and all the ministers uh got the, the the ministerial students we went to intramurals and we got the striped uh referee shirts <laughs> made, a, made a goal post and uh passed it was a two reel because it was a 16 millimeter right two reel projector and uh brian piccolo didn't die we showed brian's song Brian Piccolo didn't die till the second reel. And so while we were changing reels, we passed out Kleenex to the whole to the whole audience. <laughs> so everybody would have it when, when Piccolo died. So. I love Brian Piccolo. I <laughs> so, uh, just had a lot of fun. It just was fun. I
0: love Brian Piccolo. and So I'm asking you when you go to bed tonight to ask God to love him too. Oh, man. What was the yeah, yeah, a- movie of the week? Uh, but... <laughs> But that was that was during your first year at Trevecca. You dove right in. You were you were in the big middle of everything. You even ran for student government. Yep, um, got it
1: handed to me. But uh, again, I didn't. know. <laughs> I ran it fun. I, I, I just I, but I ran for spiritual life. I made a biplane <laughs> out of funeral boxes out of out, out, of, out of out of pasteboard boxes that caskets came in. So they're huge, big cardboard boxes. It was a dual biplane that you could get in, you got in it sideways and then turned like this and it fit on you. And I walked around and it legs coming out underneath the fuselage. I wore a, a, uh, a scarf and I rigged a coat hanger up in it that made the scarf go out back. (laughs) It it. was brilliant. It was. And it said vote zero. And uh, the, my, I'm almost glad now that I didn't win. Um, I ran against Dwight. Who runs against Dwight? (laughs) Moody, the man and um, uh, uh, but, you know, the Lord told me I needed to run because I needed to lose is what needed to happen. And but the school newspaper showed the tail of that airplane in the dumpster with the big zero because all it said was vote zero. But there was a zero on the tail. And it said that the school newspaper said the agony of defeat. <laughs> that was awesome. <coughs> it, yeah it was
0: it was a little bit like uh well i mean it it, it was it was kind of like not a lot of us really knew who walter mondale was when he ran against <laughs> but everybody knew ronald reagan
1: you know yes yeah <laughs> well and the other thing was is i did <laughs> and they, they were tasteful but i Oh, when you walked along the Cascade, I made Burma sign kind of things, you know, like limericks as you were going to, <laughs> uh, had a rooster set him on the fence, crowed for zero because he had good sense, you know, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know, stuff like that. And, uh, and it just did for spiritual life. It was just really not the right campaign. So.
0: and. And what would a discussion like this be without a picture, you know, from the senior page? no, 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 no,
1: no, 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 no,
0: no, no, The very few pages that we could afford to print in color in the yearbook, you know, we, we would honor the seniors. And
1: so here you are with hair,
0: hair, hair.
1: That's all that is. That's a hair photo. Oh my God. I'm not sure my kids have even seen that. Oh my gosh. That is frightening.
0: Um, and then the conversation took a serious turn. Um, Oh, wow. I I look, I look back at those pictures and, and I look at where we are now, um, over 40 years later. And, uh, you and I were together last week with, along with several other of our friends, um, we spoke at the uh, memorial service for our friend, Don Garrison, Finley Knowles, Janice Lovell, Kevin Almonds, the pastor at Nashville First Church of the Nazarene. I was thinking about the fact that, you know, several of us were involved in the service who had been in school with Don and in school with a lot of other people. Janice's husband, Chuck, passed away yep. several years ago uh, with leukemia and, and when you're, when you're young and you're running for office with creative, uh, marketing plans and, um, you know, I, I, I look back on my college years and, um, I, I remember a few things from my classes, but man, I was just so immersed in everything that was going on in in, in the world of Trebek at that time. And to a certain extent, the world beyond, but you're not thinking about what life's going to be like 40 years down the road.
1: No, you're not. And,
0: uh, and I, I guess just having been to several funerals lately and, and um, I mean, in the job that I have at Trevecca, one of the things that I end up doing is, is going to funerals of people who have been connected to the university across the years. And, and so when you're, when you're 20, 22 years old, you know what the word legacy means by definition, but you can't really know what legacy means until you've lived a while. Yeah. And uh, so I, I do want to kind of talk to you about, you know, as you, as you and I, you know, approach the, the 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 closing time, as it were, on our on our vocational careers, um, when you look back, what are some of the things, Ron, that have meant the most to you? You've been a children's pastor, a youth pastor, a college pastor, a, 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 a dean of student life and, um, and, and now, you know, a, a professor of youth ministry, what, what do you wish you could have told the guy there in the color picture in the yearbook, you know, about where life's going to go and, and, and how you get there.
1: Yeah. Well, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to say I've done everything right in my life. Cause that, that'd be a, that'd be a gross, you know, misstatement. Uh, but I think I was fortunate early on and I think it's because, uh, I never took for granted what I had uh, uh, coming to faith at a big state school. Um, and, and I loved going to Alabama and I'm a huge, I'm, I got it on today. Uh, I'm I'm a huge fan. Uh, it's, it's a part of my identity that I, that I, you know, I graduated, uh, from the university of Alabama. I'm, I'm proud as I can be to be a, a member of that community, but the closest friends I have, the people that I have kept up with my entire life, there's a handful from Alabama, but, but it's a small handful. It's a matter of fact, it's less than a handful, but the people that I've been closest to across the decades are, are the relationships that I made at Trevecca because I was savoring every minute of that experience. And that's what i talk to my students about. You're going to regret blowing by, some of this stuff. You're going to regret. Uh, I, I I had a roommate that didn't want to leave the room. He He just would go to class and we'd go to the room. And I remember telling him before fall retreat, I was trying to be the good roommate and trying to encourage and trying to get. And I said, I'm going to retreat. It was early in the year. I said, I've got to meet people. I can't stay in this room anymore. I'm going to go to Activities. I'm gonna go meet people. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get immersed in this community. So I jumped in the deep end of the pool at Treveca. You've already talked about that. And and I didn't take anything for granted. And I've never ever, ever, ever gotten over what the Lord did for me. That song, He brought me out of the Myri clay, I was. Basically, two years at Alabama, depressed most of the time. I was away from home. I wasn't a part of any kind of community. I worked to put myself through school. So as soon as class was over, I rushed off to Kmart and worked till they closed. Went home and studied. Got up and went to class and worked the next day. I worked almost 40 hours uh, a week and went to college and tried to have a little bit of campus life. I went to every football game. Uh, but that's about the only thing I did. I never went to a dance. I never went to a social. I never did anything in Alabama but work, go to football, and go home. And at Treveca, it's completely opposite. I worked early morning in the cafeteria and loved mm-hmm. it. And would wash pots and pans late at night. But the rest of the time, whatever they were, whatever was going on, that's where I was at. So what <laughs> I tell my students, and here's The answer, the direct answer to your question, most of us spend most of our or a lot of us spend our life uh, after things like are on my wall back there, degrees, diplomas, accomplishments, winning this thing, beating that person, getting this contest done, getting this accolade, getting another title in front of our name. Yeah. People. People, relationships, that's all that matters. That's really all that matters is pouring yourself into people. And so what sustained me across the years, what I look forward to, what what gives me energy is being around people, serving people, helping people. If I can help someone, I'll stop whatever I'm doing to go help somebody. I take that approach in my classes. I try to help my students pass. I don't try to fail them on purpose. I'm <laughs> work really hard and are able to accomplish an F in one of my classes, <laughs> it can be done. Um uh, but it won't be because I didn't try to help you. It'll be because you just can you come to class. Half of them fail cuz they don't come to class. Yeah. And uh, so uh uh I uh I, I, I came back from Don's service the other day and went straight into class, flew home and, uh, uh, and taught uh, uh, the introduction to ministry class, uh, which is full of freshmen. And I told them, I said, this is going to go right by you. And they looked, some of them looked at me like I had COVID or something. When I was talking, <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't want to hear this because no one wants to hear, but I said, potentially you're sitting by someone, you're a minister. You may be burying somebody in this room one day. You may be standing up and do what I had to do yesterday, which is get up and stand and talk about a dear friend and, and, uh, uh, and, and carry him. We carry Don to the place he's going to rest and put his body in the ground until the resurrection. That's where it'll be. Until Don is resurrected, that's where his body will be. Until it's joined together. Um, and, and, and you're going to have to do that. Pay attention (laughs) because this is the stuff. It's not the big things. It's the little stuff. It's the, it's, it's the noise late at night that scares everybody. It's the car running out of gas. It's the, it's the, it's, (laughs) I dropped my laptop on my toe when I left your house. <laughs> and it's looked like a big plum, and uh, that's the kind of stuff that's what living is, that's what life is, that's what you'll remember. I'll remember this toe for a while, it's broke by the way. I'm just suing.
0: Well, uh, we've already consulted lawyers and insurance agents, so I mean, I know I know you're trying to prepare for retirement, so yeah, well, it
1: won't be, it won't be me, suing. So it'll be my insurance company because I've told y'all are liable. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness Sorry. you uh
0: you you have master's and doctoral degrees um nazarene seminary all of at nazarene university i i wanna i want to delve for a minute and we we talked about it briefly when we did the the, the first episode together um back in um uh, you know well it's been about 14 months now as i recall and and you as a youth, as a lifelong youth minister or minister to young people, you chose a a, a dissertation topic that really fascinates me, um, and how young people find their identity. And there's so much talk about identity right now, um, as it relates to uh, gender and and sexuality and those kinds of things. And I, I'm I'm not really interested in trying to figure all of that out. Um, I believe God has a design for us as as humans, but, um, you know, without, without trying to do a full on dissection of that whole subject, what was, what were some bottom line observations that your dissertation brought forward as it relates to how one, um, can identify with their identity or, or identify it or come to terms with it, um. And it's about so much more than than those sorts of things, gender and sexuality, right? I mean it it's uh, it,
1: it's it's about the the simple question for adolescents, and it's up through twenty five. It, it we're not our cornbread's not done till we're in our mid twenties, and that's as culture that's as much cultural as it is uh uh it it you know it, culture uh, development uh, and physiological uh our, our bodies aren't fully done your your cornbread isn't done you're not finished cooking in your brain uh, until then uh, by the way which is why messing with alcohol as a young person is so dangerous because your brain's not done and it has an effect i mean it has an effect when your brain is done it makes your brain crazy but it, it's even worse so that's a whole aside i don't know how i got into that um anyway uh you're
0: it, saying You're saying alcohol as a younger person has a more profound impact more harmful
1: than it is when you're older, when you're when your body is fully developed to be able to process it. Your your body can't process it fast enough to keep the harm from your brain from happening when you're young. And there's Mm -hmm. all kinds of science on that. No one wants to talk about it, but that's fine. Just let it go. There's all kinds of science on a lot of stuff no one wants to talk about. And uh, but here's the, the 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 seminal question of existence and this is from eric erickson and all the folks that have gone before but i think uh it's as old as i know it is it's as old as people the question is who am i who am i going to be not what am i going to do not who am i going to marry not not what career am i going to have who am i going to be who am i when those things come together because the other piece that happens and you talk about gender, identity. You, you talk about identity is for the believer. Who am I in Christ? Okay. The reason it's so critical in adolescence is those things are coming together all at the same time. The the, the As a person, we have to answer that question. But as Christians, we have to answer that question. we I just went to a, a, a conference this week and they used the term Deconstruction, but they use it in a whole different way because everybody wigged out last time people started talking about deconstruction, but un- until you do that. Okay. So we get a faith, we inherit a faith. We either get it from our faith community. We get it from the person who introduced us to Christ, a, a, a rare person. And it happens engages with scripture in some hotel room or, or has some encounter like Paul on the road to Damascus. We make those, The norm, that's not the norm. The norm is somebody introduced you to Jesus, all right? So they introduce you, you start walking in this faith, and this is holiness, by the way. You start walking in this faith, and you begin to make that faith your own, not just the faith of the person that gave it to you. Because we all, based on a recommendation, go to dinner. Based on a recommendation, ask somebody out. Based on a perception or a feeling, we make a choice. But the longer we stay in that choice, are we going to live on the recommendation or is it going to be our choice? So we do that. We do that as uh, I did it as a 21 year old. I made faith my own, but my identity almost was done by that point. I had already decided who I was. So those didn't come together in such an axis like it does for young people. Which is why it's so critical to to have youth ministries and young adult ministries or what uh, the the literature now is calling uh, the emerging adult ministries in the church. So that as those processes of who am I as a person, who am I going to be and who am I in Christ come together? um, We can be there when they reconstruct. Because until I do that, so here's here's the way identity formation happens. I'm two, five, seven, 10, 12, 15. My parents have told me my whole life who I am. You're Michael Johnson. You're the oldest in our family. You this is this is the way our family operates. We do these kind of things. Michael, as long as your feet under my table, this is what you're going to do. Every kid gets that from somebody. That's a gift. That's that's a gift. God gives us to be raised by people that will point us somewhere. But when you reach the end of that process, you start asking yourself those questions. Well, they told me I have to do this. Do I really have to do this? Maybe I don't have to do this this way. Maybe I can do it another way. And once you deter and until you can, this is the hardest part for parents. The most difficult part to teach churches and congregations is until that young person sets aside, everything you've taught them they can't pick it up for themselves all they're doing is living in the faith you taught them so they have to deconstruct they have to set it aside so that they can reconstruct it with the holy spirit's help and the culture i I mean the community and the family whoever their their influencers are and they can reconstruct that as who they are and when they do that you'll never knock them off because it'll be theirs so how did i go what did you ask <laughs> don't get me started talking about the topic that's all i'll no,
0: <laughs> i i mean i asked the leading question and and I, I i i know that
1: you know a lot about how this works so um i can I, see I my brother when I talk to my brother and I get to doing what I did to you a minute ago, I watch him go. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And you should have done that. It would have cued me. <laughs> that, I see my spirit be- starting, I know it's time for a story or something. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's a beautiful thing about a podcast, you know, because yeah. we're just putting it out there and, and we, we don't know for sure yeah. what the look in people's yeah, eyes but are. If,
1: if, if, if uh, we get reports of cars going in the ditches, we'll know, okay, Jackson. <laughs> Get back to the topic. They're nodding off out there.
0: I, uh, I, I know you got to go teach a class here in a few minutes, and I gotta, yeah. I gotta go uh, get to the office myself. But I want to, I want to let you build off of what you just talked about in terms of how that process of one's identity is so shaped by things that happen when you're younger. But how does that translate to? Wanting to do whatever you have to do to get back for a friend's funeral so you can say some words over them. I mean, what what is it about the quality of certain relationships? I guess that's a question I'm asking myself that causes us to want to be present in the really significant moments in a person's life, particularly as we get down toward the end. And I mean, we're in our sixties, Ron. I I hope we live to be ninety or hundred. You know. But, um, what are some of the kinds of things that, that are really giving you life right now, uh, a, as you, as you look back across your life?
1: Yeah, well, it's you, you, uh, the, uh, senior adult pastors and I've had, I, I, what, they started me as the, the, the first church I worked in, they made me the Sam's pastor. Uh, which meant I just drove the old people to the Sam's events (laughs) that they went to and senior adult ministries. Is that what Sam's was? I can't remember. And uh, I had nothing to do, but I I, I remember talking to our, our our, uh, uh, Dennis Apple was the, was the unbelievable uh, senior adult pastor at our church. And he told me, he said, Ron, uh, uh, the elderly validate their existence through story. And you validate them when you take the time to listen to their stories. Mm. When you can sit and listen, to your daddy, Michael calls me every now and then. And I just love it. When, first of all, to have Damage call me <laughs> is pretty awesome. Oh, oh yeah. excuse me, I gotta take this. It's Damage, <laughs> And you don't have to <laughs> tell anybody. They go, oh, Damage, you take that. And, uh, and now he calls me during class sometimes and I can't take it. But I just love to hear, and I ask him questions about his life. Because what is happening now in our age and older is we're trying to say, I mattered. What i did made a difference that i that i and so as we listen to people telling those stories as we let people engage at that level um and are kind enough unlike my children dad you've told that story to me 50 times to uh, kind enough not to remind them of that and just let them have their moment when they uh when they shined a little bit in the past but you're you're Initial question was, was 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 what I really was thinking of, uh, you know, what drives us to come back all the way to Nashville uh, to attend a, a friend's funeral that, you know, Don's already gone. He won't he won't know I'm there. Uh, and I think if we lose this in the Christian church, if we lose this in Christianity. We've, we've lost what this whole thing is about in our rush of the past 20 years to be relevant in culture. We want the church to, 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 to matter. So we work really hard to make sure the church matters. Uh, We want the church to have a say. So we work really hard so that we can, elect the right leaders and get the right mouthpieces and the right folks out there and and put out the press conferences so the word can get out so the church can have a say. So we want to matter and we want to have a say. But what Christianity is about is what drove me back to that funeral. One word. Love. I love Don Garrison and I needed to honor him. I needed to remind his family which all of us leave some of us stay close to our family and some of us don't. And, uh, and whether he was close or not, his family needed to hear some of the things that we said and they did. And I think we ministered to them, but love is what motivated that. And, 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 a side part of love is honor. A side part of love is respect. A side part of love is discipline. All those things flow from love, not from responsibility. Mm not from a message that we need to get out there, not because we need to matter. It's because we love. Yeah. We don't need to love. Mm. We love because mm. pure and simple. I love because I was loved. Yeah. So yeah. that's the, that's my answer.
0: Uh, I love that. And I love you. That's a, that's a really, really good way to wrap it up. Um, I mean, it's no joke that we have to. We literally have to stop our conversation sometimes, <laughs> whether it's on the phone or or even in person. You know. Well, the family man, throws. I, the I, got got go. <laughs> I got to go. I got to go. And uh, that's literally the case right now. I I need to leave. I gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> um, but thank you so much for being who you are in the lives of so many. But um especially in our lives as a family you know you're uh you're one of our sons favorite people I, that's you know that's the thing about lives like ours that have been so intertwined in institutions like universities and in and in churches and that sort of thing and i i'm sure it happens for other people's families too i just know our context our our, our boys our boys are friends with our friends. Yeah. Our, our,
1: our, my my daughter and I talked about you, both of us talked about you yesterday and not just in response. uh, I'm talking to Michael tomorrow. It was about other things. It's like, it's a, uh, maybe,
0: maybe that's one of the greatest gifts of all, you know, in terms of being a parent, when you see, when you see your kids investing themselves in relationships with their peers, but also appreciating the friendships they had with their parents, friends too, you know, Hey, thanks for, thanks for dropping You're in. You're welcome. Like we always say on Michael in the middle, um, <laughs> um, get out there in the middle of doing something good for somebody else. Cause it'll make a difference in their lives and, and your lives too. I'm going to pay a quick word of tribute to the man who gave me this pullover. Uh, his name is Jim McCullough. He's like the big brother I never had um, growing up. We, he, Stayed with our family a lot. He attached to us. Won't go into his whole story, but um, he sent me this after he saw um, the 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 jerseys that I had made, custom made, and he mimicked the uh, the 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 little logo here. He even sent me a coffee mug with it. I, I found out yesterday that Jim's been placed in hospice care, oh, and it reminded me again that the investment we make in each other. Sometimes can end, end up being painful, but it, it, it can also be one of the greatest joys of our lives. And, and, and regardless of whether there's joy or pain, it's still worth the effort to make a difference in someone else's life. And you've made a difference in mine, Ron, and, uh, thousands of others in, across your life. And, uh, it's not over yet. Um, no. I, I think, I think there's more to more to come. And maybe even a third uh, Michael in the Middle episode someday. I don't know. Annual event. I will see you, man. Thanks for joining us, folks. We'll see you next time.